Welcome to The Entertainment Entrepreneur, the podcast for actors, writers, producers, and really anyone working in the entertainment industry with a passion for entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Monica Hammond, a serial entrepreneur in the entertainment industry. Join me as I sit down with Broadway stars, Hollywood favorites, and industry changemakers to chat about their own journeys launching, running, pivoting, and scaling their businesses. I hope you enjoy this episode. Entertainer. (laughs) (laughs) You do it all. I love it. Uh, you are mul- a multi-hyphenate, multi-passionate, and I think that makes such a great entrepreneur. Um, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it's been awesome working with you over the last several months, and I'm just so grateful to have your time. You too. <laughs> um, so talk to me. I am so curious about you know, your entrepreneurial journey. You are obviously a singer. Um, do you identify as a singer first, really? I would say yes. Um, You know, nowadays I used to be like performer, vocal coach, performer, vocal coach. And now it's like vocal coach, performer, vocal coach, like um, not identity crisis, but just it's just become so much more is the word prevalent, prominent, prominent is probably the word. But um, yeah, I mean, my entrepreneurship is completely made up and learning as I go. And when people say I'm an entrepreneur, I like don't understand because like, I just did what I did and I didn't go to business. Like, what is that? You know, business schools, I studied musical theater, you know, I just like kind of, should I talk about the backstory of how sort of? Yeah, that'd be great. I know. Cause when I, when I first stumbled upon like your course, breaking down the riffs, I looked at your website. I was like, dang, this girl knows what she is doing. Like she is a marketing genius. <laughs> oh my God. That's so cool. Because when you reached out, you mentioned you had never seen my stuff. And so you were coming at it blind. So that's so interesting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that you're like, wow, she's a marketing genius. But actually I hired you to like kind of take over that. But that's so great from an outside perspective where people that had been following me since probably I graduated college, they sort of say like, you really got this entrepreneurship going on, like this whole niche thing. And I was like, huh? Like, I guess I do. But like the journey is so atypical. So when I give advice to young people, it's so hard to be like, this is the plan. You know, it's like, oh, it happened by accident, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah, I I had sort of a similar like journey into entrepreneurship. I was literally just like doodling one day and I was like, oh, this looks like a coloring book. And then bam, I had a coloring book company. So I totally get it. Um, So yeah, I'd love to like, even just for me personally, I'd love to know how this all sort of came about. Um, What happened? How'd you get started? What happened? Okay, I was a a senior at Penn State uh, for musical theater. And I sang a song at the head of the program's house, a very inappropriate song. And I am telling you from Dreamgirls. And um, one of the freshmen filmed it and was like, yeah, girl. And like, the camera was shaky. It was like an old, probably not an iPhone. And in the musical theater community, it went quote unquote viral and it still has a hundred thousand hits, meaning literally not viral, like billions on TikTok, but it went viral in the musical theater community. And so the dream girls movie was coming out at the same time. I obviously, I mean, I credit him all the time. If that video did not, I always say, if I didn't go to Penn state at that minute, at that, that video, I don't know where I would be. Maybe I would be doing something similar, but that video led to this, this, this. So then after that, because I had this like 
presence at the same time as YouTube and musical theater was happening. The University of Michigan kids were posting things and it was like the right time. I never even had a channel. Um, they posted my senior showcase on the Penn State channel. Um, Michigan channel would post because we were like kind of friendly from mutual friends. And it was right place, right time. So that like kind of built. And then I started my own channel, but like not with any like, and now every Tuesday, it was just like, mm -hmm. here's my channel, here's some stuff. Then from there, obviously Instagram came. Um, TikTok is much later. Like I'm a year and a half into TikTok. But um, Instagram was like a huge platform for me. But YouTube was where the my web series, my following started from like singing videos and then I didn't, I was teaching as like, you know, instead of a waitressing job, I was teaching here and there. When I posted, um, let's say I was like trying to make these like pop riffs and runs attainable. And so on the tour of Les Mis, when I was kind of bored backstage, I was like, do, 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 here's some videos. And people were relating to it all around the world. So then it kind of built into this brand. And then I was teaching more where, when I posted one coaching video, um, all of a sudden, like I had to have an application process and the business, I had no business plan in place. Like I didn't understand business hours. I was like, oh, don't I just like pick my own? But I was like too overwhelmed. So my friend's like, no, no, no. I work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I edit Thursday, Friday. I'm off on weekends. I was like, what is that? So I was like unfamiliar with not working. <laughs> so I was hustling a lot, um, trying to you know, as most people say, trying to get out of the business, still trying to do it, like always trying to be like, it's too much, you know? So then, you know, um, finding this like middle ground between like doing shows now, I don't know, once a year to like mostly coaching and really doing projects that I want to do. Um, and the course was like my, not like my life's work, but like broken down even further from every class I've taught, any idea that I've had over the past 10 years written down into like module format, which was, which I was avoiding for so long because it was so daunting. Um, and then this, this course was like the biggest thing I've ever launched. So then after that, I sort of took a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Much needed. That's awesome. So when you were creating your course, when you were coming up with the, these modules and everything, did you have sort of like a structure or anywhere that you went to figure this out? Because I mean, the way you have it structured is is brilliant. Well, I had an amazing team of trusted um, these people that were my main collaborators. Um, the main collaborator ended up being my videographer, who then became my right hand, like uh, uh, you know, helped me with module titles and synopses and. Um, you know, sales page because he was the only one that knew the course as well as I did. However, the people who helped me write the course um, are like two of my great friends that are like siblings to me, but they started as fans turned students turned siblings like But they knew through the pandemic, they were like, do it, do it, do it. They knew the brand and the method so well that my brain, like this person had such good administrative skills that she was like, okay, we got to start here. Cause I'm such a, I'm like kind of disorganized. So she helped me organize it. And like person to bounce ideas off of was so invaluable. It's so hard. I, I'm working on a course right now, um, actually helping artists and become entrepreneurs and actually create courses much like what you did. Um, so I'm just fascinated by this process of like trying to distill essentially like what you said, a life's work down into module one, lesson one, like, yeah. 
But then it was so hard where we, I thought I'd be finished in three months. And then it was like too long because we kept being like, no, 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 this is worth going back. Wait, wait, wait. That makes no sense. What happens before this? You know what I mean? And then I had to like, for lack of a better phrase, break it down even further, which just, I not saying I'm never doing one again, but it was 24 seven that it was a lot of work. I mean, it paid off, but it, it was a lot of work, you know? Yeah. What sometimes people will, so there's so many different methods for like creating a course that I've, you know, studied or whatever. It sounds like the way you created it was you, you know, you had your brand, you built out the whole like course lesson and all of that, and you filmed it direct to camera style. Is that right? Direct to camera with some, no, direct to camera with some outtake humor to camera too. (laughs) Nice. Um, What influenced that decision? And did you also, did you pre-sell the course? Like, did you have any idea people were going to buy this before you made it? Yes. Okay. So it's interesting because we always, I'm always learning about like, you know, hot, warm, cold audiences. And I had a very, if my friend convinced me last year, if you look at numbers alone, your fan base is millions and millions of people. And I was like, I'm going to sell a million courses, right? She was like, even if 1% buy, like we would talk about the lowest percentage. Truly going into this, the engagement on my socials is high, but you know, sometimes I can't sell a masterclass, which with payment, um, like a payment gateway. And I was like, what do I charge? And and some 12 year olds were like $10. And then some people were like $1,000. I don't care. And I really wanted it to be affordable, but like it was very well done. And so I tried to go middle ground, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, at the beginning I was like, well, I don't know people buying. And then the last like 48 hours, like blew my mind. Um, So I knew people would buy. I had no mm-hmm. concept of how much I would profit from my expenses. Because um, here's another thing, which is weird. I had been doing passion projects my whole life. My dad's like, wait, why are you spending thousands on this video? I'm like, exposure, like never understood. It was the first time that I could be like, hire my favorite videographer. How much are you? I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there were expenses. I was like, that's too much. I'm not, you know, I went with an amazing um, logo artist that was much more affordable than very expensive marketing. I went, I had three different people, including you working on it throughout the process. First person that quoted me was too much money, realized I should have just done it. Um, I had no idea. I had no profit. So a lot of them was calculated risk in terms of, uh, I mean, terms I did not learn in musical theater. Well, then I actually like learned a lot from a business coach that I hired like a couple of years ago. It's like this forum of voice teachers, independently owned voice teachers. The problem with like my situation is always so niche and weird that it's very hard for me to ask similar advice. I always felt like I needed like a one-on-one session with her, not just like a group forum. Oh, another thing with your question of a lot of people asked me, what about a high ticket offer? What about this? What about more? And I was like, I don't think I have the bandwidth to commit. It's like commitment phobe every week. Like I've never been like a Miranda Sings Colleen Ballinger who has three, three YouTube channels and vlogs multiple times and commits. I can commit to The Bachelor once a week and like Survivor, but for some reason, (laughs) you know, Taco Tuesday, I just was like commitment phobe. I was like, I want to sell it and be completely hands off. Yeah. I mean, that's the dream. I know you and I have even talked about some like higher level programs, more hands-on. It's just like, it is, it's a huge commitment. And I've, I've done the same thing for my business and it's like, huh. But for something that I love, 
like the 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 high ticket. Something that I love doing is with um, students of mine that are like my, you know, I would say regulars or people that I've made like a lot of breakthroughs with. I host like either intimate recitals where they can support each other or like little masterclasses. And I love those. So if I could get those more often, then I pick who I want to work with. Um, I think the problem is like, you don't want to, you don't know who, who can afford high ticket offers. Like, you know, right. And it's tough. Um, it's challenging working with like artists. And I'm sure you obviously work with a lot of singers and performers, not necessarily a group that's known for being super wealthy. <laughs> Absolutely not. And a lot of my market was like parents of teenagers, but I always would love a coupon code or like a. am still doing flash sales. I'm like, I got to know the value of the course, but I'm really not comfortable promoting it at full value. I love doing the flash sales. So people are like, this deal won't last. Like you have 24 hours. And these little flash sales have been great. Um, especially in the month that I was kind of on vocal rest and I could sell a product and watch Netflix. <laughs> That's the beauty of having a course or a program like this is that you, you can just sit back and like literally run like a surge campaign that we've talked about 72 hour flash sale. And you can just make some money sitting there on vocal rest and it's just a huge asset. So, And the, the craziest thing to me is when like people in the business, like voice teachers are like, everyone needs this course. Like I've never heard it explained this way. And that is, that was my whole goal is to like raise awareness and make people feel like they could, that it wasn't this like myth. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit more about your social media. Like obviously part of why I'm sure this course sold was your social media following. Um, other than, I mean, I guess just your, your videos, is there anything that you've been doing on social that's sort of led to your success? So I literally explain it as never having a strategy. I can't really say, except I find that I have good taste in what I think is funny, something that's like a talented person. Relatability is big with me. Um, so my best I hate the word performing because it gets so like my post performed well. I have an inside joke about that. But it's true. Like my highest performing videos are um, breakthroughs with students, singing off key on purpose. It's just like a, how I make fun of myself. Bloopers because I love showing that there is no way I'm landing this. You know, I love showing the relatability and uh, just, I guess, good singing. Um, so I kind of was just like, Eh, it's midnight. Who cares? I'm posting this. It was never like it will be Friday at three o'clock. You know, I, I truly also, I mean, my most viral TikTok is a repurposed video where me and Renee Rapp are singing in harmony and she's holding her leg up and it has almost 6 million views and we're not doing anything. <laughs> and like, fabulous. you know what I'm saying? And sometimes like things go viral and you don't know why. Right, right. Well, that just sounds like absurd and, and very random. <laughs> um, cool. So um, what advice would you have for any artists who are starting out either thinking about having a course or thinking about maybe starting a business of some sort? I think my number one would be one thing and that my friend pointed out to me when I'm like, you know, in my darkest days, I'm like, again, and she's like, you are so good at resourcing. So I feel like I have amazing, I love being a people connector. And even if I don't know what I'm doing, I know who to ask. So I feel like having like a supportive community slash resources in little, you know, 
departments that can help you build it. I can't, I mean, what's the, it's a, it takes a village. I mean, mm-hmm. I could not, I feel I would would have drowned if I did it by myself, you know? That's yeah. like my favorite thing is delegating and hiring. Oh my God. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's absolutely essential. Um, I know I just hired my first employee and it's like the most exciting thing in the world. <laughs> Just to be able to tell someone else what to do and have them do it for you. This was my my first year I ever did it too. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Do you, yeah, speaking of teams, do you have anybody else on your team? Like I know obviously you outsource to to Mm -hmm. us. Um, You have Jules as a community manager? Jules is the one that I was saying is that helped me with the whole course. Knew every step of the way, fan turned sister turned you know, actually she started taking lessons with me after a concert. She was like, I have something that this girl is beyond talented. And she showed up like shaking. Um, we, we bond, we bonded over anxiety. She's like, you have anxiety. I'm like, hello. And cause I never talk about it. And she was like, well, relatable. So we got very close and beyond just student teacher, um, became very funny. She was posting, um, F, uh, she was saying F-bomb all the time. So she became F-bomb girl. And then during the pandemic, I kind of introduced her to another friend. We became this like team. So then it only made sense that she was, cause she's a, a youngin. She's going to be 20, what am I, 13 years younger than me. So she kind of is like, you know, even the last month, like you need to be posting more and stopping a perfectionist and get your engagement up. And now there's this new reels money bonus that I'm like, whoa, that's so cool. Like passive income that you're just like, you know, that I never really had from Instagram. Um, so my Facebook group is not active as you imagined after I told you, I wasn't sure I wanted one. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, she is my assistant. So she handles my, uh, emails and stuff like that. Well, that's so important because then it takes you out of like the nitty gritty of everything. So you can do higher level things. It's fabulous. Um, So I happen to believe that artists make really great entrepreneurs. Um, What would you say are some of the skills or personality traits that you possess that have made you a good, successful entrepreneur? Oh, that's a good question. Well, okay. So one would be the outsourcing um, uh, judgment of, I feel like I have good judgment and characters. So like I'm always surrounded by like, you know, good people in general. Um, let's see. I would, oh God. It seems in my coaching videos, I'm bossy or certain and I'm cripplingly bad at decisions. So I would say like in even the best example is during the picking the logo, I had a group of four people in a thread that I went, I don't know what this is. Could you just be like, what are the best colors? Like, I didn't know anything about design. So I just would help have help from friends. And I was like, do it. I can't. I don't, I gave them like 20,000 options. So again, that would be the outsourcing supportive stuff. Um, I think I'm really good at um, like one of my favorite jobs, jobs, I didn't get paid, <laughs> passion projects ever was when I produced, music directed, organized, directed, lighting directed, did everything for my voice teacher's retirement party. And I basically literally did all of those jobs and like delegated and it was the most rewarding experience. So I don't know what that is. Like producing? Yeah. Yeah. You're producing hat for sure. I mean, you produce your whole freaking course by yourself pretty much. Not by Mm -hmm. yourself, but yeah. 
you know, you were the backbone behind the whole thing. And also I would say assertiveness. That could get me in trouble. And I've learned to always start an email with a, thank you so much. This looks amazing. Here are some notes. So with my videographer and I, I once was like, notes. And he was like, in the future. And I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. This is awful. Because I'm like, business. Bullet, bullet, bullet. I was like, it's not, it's not personal. Bullet, bullet, bullet. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just thought it was like, duh, what you're doing is genius. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Cool. Well, what are you working on now? Do you have any new business endeavors or passion projects? (laughs) To be honest, like I took a little bit of time to not do nothing, but like chill, I guess. Um, Right now I'm doing this, excuse me, in a week, I'm doing my first like performance back in like two years. Um, I'm, I'm performing slash doing like a little panel at MTEA conference, the Musical Theater Educators Alliance. So it might be like 25 people in the room, but like hundreds on Zoom. So it's like a three-day event. I'm doing like a little like 45-minute set with a Q&A. Um, but maybe a concert soon. I just sort of like got out of the creative spirit. I felt like I was thriving in quarantine. And then when it was over, I sort of did the opposite of people where I was like, what is my purpose? You know, I had like everything towards the course. So now I'm like, I'm coming out of like a little bit of a hole, but I sort of did the opposite of most people in 2020. Mm-hmm. Did COVID, was COVID like a big factor in why you created your course? Cause you're like, I mean, obviously everything's shut down. What else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, it was a kicker. I mean, like my online business definitely like went crazy during, um, COVID, very beginning 2020 of like masterclasses where people could actually observe from another country. That was like a huge game changer where I had never offered Zoom observers because why would you? Um, Which is cool now that like people are doing Zoom and in person. It's just the norm, right? Um, Yes, in terms of pushing the course was like, I just wanted it to be out earlier. I'm so glad it did well, but I was like, let's go. It's the time. And the year passed and it was a year of my life. Wow. So the whole, from start to finish, the course was about a year? Yeah. From like, it wasn't like conception. It was like writing it down was like probably 10 months. Wow. Mm -hmm. When you were building the course, like, I'm just fascinated because I'm going through this right now. It's like, how did you have bullet points? Did you have an outline? Did you script it? How did you? We, yeah. So we had a 25 page script for the day of shooting and we actually use my friend's um, iPad. We used uh, the videographer's teleprompter. And I will say the teleprompter, I'm not to be cocky. I am very good at, in my concerts, reading from a script, but pretending, sorry, memorizing word for word and pretending I'm just being myself. So I'll like, let's say script and be like, oh my God. So I was going to the gym and as opposed to when I was a little girl, like it doesn't sound like I'm memorized. So I would read it and be like, oh my God, I know, you know, but it was a game changer for, cause we had a 14 hour shoot day. I mean, we had to rush by the end. We, the seasons changed, like the lighting changed. <laughs> um, something you mentioned earlier really hit home. You were talking about perfectionism. Mm-hmm. How did that play into, you know, creating your course and even just your business in general? I feel like it can stall so many people. Like you don't want to launch it until it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, I do have a friend who never posts anything. Cause he's like, it's not good enough. And I'm not that bad, but like, I'll have to be like, which take, which take? And not like the, uh, I think last night I filmed a TikTok duet 
And I said, um, okay, I capped at eight takes. And I said, mm, these two, look at it, pick it. And I looked away and never looked back. And like, it's just it, my course. I really didn't want to tune myself. But of course, once I start, I can't stop. <laughs> and people wouldn't notice. It's like right. pitchy. It's just that when you're teaching riffs, your pitch has to be so accurate. I can't even, I'm not a singer whatsoever. So <laughs> kudos to you. Um, well, fabulous. It has been so nice chatting with you. Um, if people are interested in checking out Breaking Down the Riffs or anything you're doing, where can they find you online? Um, socials, the Natalie Weiss, TikTok, Instagram. Um, you can see my stuff on YouTube um, from 2006 and on. Um, and um, Natalie is my website. Um, I'm sure we'll do some flash sales in the spring. Yes, absolutely. Stay tuned. <laughs> awesome. Well, it was so great chatting with you. I'm really happy to have you. Thanks for listening to this conversation. This podcast is produced by Mary Dina and supported by Abby Martin. If you'd like to hear more from entrepreneurs in the entertainment space, download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so more entrepreneurs like you can find these conversations. And if you're in the entertainment industry, follow me all year long on Instagram and Facebook at Big Leap Brands. Until next time.